Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with Louise Kernan, who is the Ireland's official for the tech critic for me in Ireland. So how are you doing, Louise? I'm very well. How are you keeping? Great, thanks. So first of all, Tell us a bit about your background and how you got into being the uh, product tech critic for uh, Mule in Ireland. Uh, that's, uh, how long have you got, Ron? <laughs> long as you want. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I am originally, I suppose, qualified as a school teacher, secondary school teacher. Um, and I have always been interested in Father Ted. Father Ted was released, I suppose, when I was in my teenage years, so like second, third year in secondary school. Um, so I was a huge fan and I used to wait for each episode to come out because it was back in the day where, you know, we couldn't have uh, box sets or we couldn't fast forward the ads, yeah. etc. And so really, really loved the, the show. And I actually used to write my own episodes. I have old English copies um, yeah. at home where I would write my own scenes for Ted and Dougal and things. So a huge fan. Um, and um uh, I was back in I'd say 2006 I was driving the car and I heard uh, a gentleman two gentlemen actually on the radio by the name of Peter Phillips and Fergal McGrath and they were speaking about holding the very first annual TED Fest on the Aran Islands and I'll be honest I can remember exactly where I was it was just outside Tesco in Clare Hall and I slammed on the brakes and I said, I have to be there. I don't care what it costs, how I get there, I have to be there. So um, I sent the guys a little email just to say I'd be really interested, but it was a lot of money because I was a college student at the time and how would I get down there? And I also said that I would like to uh, maybe get married down there with my fiancé at the time. And so I ended up as a ticket holder in the first year of TED Fest and subsequently have been hugely, hugely involved in... Um, I suppose, organising the event and uh, coordinating the entertainment. So um, I was looking for a job this summer as a teacher, uh, as you do each summer, the rounds and when you don't have a permanent contract. And I happened to be sitting on my laptop and I get this email from Peter Phillips, who is one of the original creators of the the TED Fest. Um, And he... um, said to me, uh, I think you're qualified for this. He sent me an email and in the subject box says, I think you're qualified. So I opened the email and it's um, the information on this dream job, uh, this Father Ted dream job from Meanwhile in Ireland. So I was familiar-ish with the platform because um, a lot of their stuff tends to pop up in my Facebook feed uh, because it's it's good crack and it's right up my alley in terms of um, the, the content and I kind of thought, oh, you know what, I, I, for, the, for, for the laugh, I'll check this out. So I did a little bit more research into Meanwhile in Ireland and looked at their main website and their um, Facebook platform. I was like, wow, they have like, I think it's well over 600,000 followers on Facebook. So I thought, you know what, I, I'll apply for the crack and, and see what happens. Yeah. And then as I was applying, I'm right, I'm typing the letter. The first step, I think, was... Um, the first step was a, a letter of application and a kind of a relevant CV. So I'm I'm typing up the letter of application and I'm like, so my name is Louise Kiernan. I am a, an English teacher and, um, and then I put the details of my undergraduate degree 
in which so my undergraduate degree is a bachelor in religious education yeah and then I put down my master's etc and then said so combined with my academic qualifications I've also been uh, heavily involved in TEDFest for uh, 14 years now and I thought this is kind of it was almost laughable because I thought yeah I think my friend Peter was right I am technically qualified for the job and I was thinking Right, well, if I don't at least get a call back, um, I'll be I'll be seriously put out. But um, yeah, the, the rest is history, I suppose. I had to do a second round of kind of applications in terms of answering um, questions and filling out an application form for Meanwhile in Ireland. Um, they obviously take it really seriously because they're big Father Ted fans in Meanwhile in Ireland. Um, so they wanted to get the right person. And I'm really glad that they did. Um, and then... Following that round, uh, we had a round of interviews on like Zoom or FaceTime um, and I got to know the crew. So I got to know um, Paris, Paris Callan is the head writer there. And so, you know, she needed to see if the person was a right fit. Um, and uh, yeah, so I they rang me, I think it was in like beginning of June. Yeah, kind of like first or second week in June to say uh, that they would be delighted to give me the job and they thought I was the right person. So yeah. Uh, here I am, and I'm interviewing with you now, so... Yeah. Well, for me, Father Ted is a show that doesn't age, and whenever I see it on RT, it's always on RT, RT2, it's always, it's always very... It seems to me it's based on reality. Things in the story, on, 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 on the different scripts, are based on fact. Yeah, I mean, some of them are... I mean, it doesn't age... Um, at all, I don't think. And there's certain series that don't age. I think something like Faulty Towers doesn't age. And weirdly, something like Friends hasn't aged really because everybody's sort of getting back into wearing the 90s gear. Yeah. Um, there are, if you've read The Guide, which is we published on Meanwhile in Ireland, a couple, like last week sometime, um, there are a couple of, I suppose, contemporary references, but they're minimal. So, you know, there's definitely a dig at um, the... Uh, scandals in the church in the mid 90s and in particular kind of uh, the Bishop Casey thing out in Galway um, and then the other Father Cleary who ran off with his housekeeper so there are certain references like that but they're so subtle um, and they're they're not you know they don't reference anybody's particular name and then as I was watching it I was kind of conscious of uh, trying to because you know I could I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen each episode, but I was watching it with a very critical eye and a new eye this time. And I was thinking, so there's there's very few, say, contemporary music references in it. And I know Radiohead are in one episode, uh, the one with um, comedian Tommy Tiernan. Yeah. And, um, and people, uh, Search for a Hero, are, are in the episode with Chirpy Burpy Cheap Sheep, where um, they're nursing the sheep back to health and things like that. So I think they've just managed to kind of get the balance right to to, to make it a sort of a, an evergreen comedy that you will be able to rerun. And in 50 years, there'll still be people in whatever capacity they're streaming it or uh, watching it through a headset or something. Uh, it'll, it'll still be funny then and still be relevant then, I think. Yeah, I have a good friend of mine who's a DJ. And uh, years ago, he, he was DJing somewhere in a pronounced with a friend of his. They're both DJing at an event. And they both uh, forgot to bring along in records. But it w- one record, it was up 10 ranking. And that was played on stuff. And he said to me, the first had episode where they're doing the girl, girl fest uh, and all they have was them priests playing ghost town again and again and again. I'm sure they were at my, uh, my events when I was DJing. Only yeah. one song playing for an hour and a half. 
Well, it's funny. I think that's the episode with the raffle, and um, it's Father Billy Dwyer, the spin master, and it's yeah. become a sort of. Um, like I would be on um, like Meanwhile in Ireland do some really good you know Father Ted content but I'm on also a few other Father Ted pages and serious fans are you know and, and I'm one of them so please don't take offence anyone who's listening they're complete anoraks and they would happily go to an event and I've seen it I've seen it trust me um, where Ghost Town Specials plays over and over and over again yeah. and they will have the best night and make absolute idiots of themselves but it doesn't bother them that there's just this one sound sound in the background because it's become this sort of weirdly like along with my lovely horse has become this kind of national anthem symbolizing uh father ted and all things absurd so yeah i can i can totally um i can totally imagine your friends uh not not doing too badly no he's always like whenever ghost town is played your members or whenever it's on tv i, I send my message on facebook oh by the way uh you, you're on tv again <laughs> brilliant love it absolutely love it and then another time about five years ago I was covering um, I just started working for our sick news and my first event for them I was covering a tech security event in Dublin Castle and one of the guys event was a guy called Max Schrems he was a guy who was suing Facebook from Austria and at the time they he was giving talk and he showed uh, their protection officer was based in Port Leash right above uh, as Centra. So I, I wrote an article about the event and said, oh, by the way, and this is so far to Ted. And I picture where it was. And far to Ted, that would, would, would be very like that. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I totally... It's a, there's something about Father Ted that is ingrained into the Irish culture. Um, and in particular, when myself and uh, the, the, the team from Meanwhile in Ireland were coming up with the criterion to evaluate the episodes, one of the things that we looked at was... Um, you know, how much has the, the material in the episode seeped into Irish culture and in particular one-liners from the show. Yeah. So like, you know, something as simple as, are you right there, Ted? There are people who have never seen Father Ted that more than likely have said that to a friend or a, a relative on occasion when they're trying to get them into the car to leave the house. You know, are you right there, Ted? It's just something that is so, um, it's so Irish. Yeah without being stereotype or, you know, offensive to, to Irish people. It's just, oh, yeah, that's Irish. It's like, you know, the, the, the concept of the Irish mammy who, you know, has the wooden spoon in her hand and she's getting you up for mass, you know, like in, in the show Bridget Naiman and things like that. So, yeah, I think uh, Father Ted is very definitely um, ingrained in Irish culture. And there's certain things in that show people in the UK don't get, like when it's on Channel 4, I love when you got one of the characters wearing an Irish shirt to your T-shirt. How many people would actually would get that in the UK? Yeah, well, I mean, I know there's there's plenty of companies manufacturing those T-shirts, and nowadays they're manufacturing uh, uh, Father Ted face masks. Yeah. But, I mean, the iShop JR thing, I suppose I'm giving away my age now. I mean, I would have got the reference originally, uh, even as a teenager, because I was a child of the 80s, and I remember um, the... Uh, the episode of Dallas where it was revealed who shot JR and yeah. they had to fly in the cassette tape. Listen, young people. So the cassette tape was brought in, believe it or not, into Dublin Airport under armed guard because, you know, this was a big, big uh, event. Yeah. Um, but I suppose when whenever you see a Father Ted stag party or a Father Ted themed hen party, you will always see at least one 
Tom, who's played by Pat Short in, you know, kind of faded denims with a plastic shotgun and a, a teddy bear bunny under his arm and the I shot JR t-shirt. It's, it's just, you can't have a Father Ted party without Tom and without that I shot JR t-shirt. And I, and I definitely think, like, Ted was written for both the UK and an Irish yeah. audience. So, you know, and, and the writers would definitely say so. So I, I, I definitely think the UK people got the jokes um, and they also, you know, they they love it as much as, as we do. I mean, um, you know, a lot of the team from Meanwhile in Ireland, for example, would be north of the border, um, but it's a, an all-island thing and everybody just has this, you know, grow for all things Ted. Yeah, well, for me, I remember the song by Tia Dallas, Who Shut Your Yard? That shows my age. So I'm yeah. thinking of the song mode and TV series that that teacher relates to. The, say again. I'm thinking of the T-shirt. I'm thinking of the song more than TV show, because who shot? Oh, yeah. And that that to me is something that certain things in the show you think in truly Irish like, not many UK uh, would have triggered on that photo. The Bishop Len Brennan was based name in Casey. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I suppose you know the news is very different from uh you know RTE news for example would be very different to BBC or to Sky News and what you're getting is very different yeah I think though and I don't want to stray into anything uh morbid or morose here but um I think the scandals in the church in the 90s were a global phenomenon we had our own particulars yeah so you know there were bishops here that were misbehaving there were priests here that were misbehaving to put it mildly um but that is that. Unfortunately, that is not a unique to Ireland phenomenon. It happened on a global scale. It happened in the states. It happened, you know, in South America. And I, I think there's a there was a certain there was a certain catharsis um, with Father Ted, particularly here in Ireland, that the church had so much of a control over um, Irish culture and society. I mean, there are I teach teenagers now who I would know, would have no concept of how uh, big a deal it was to uh, be baptised, make your communion, make your confirmation. You know, it's kind of more or less seen now as a, well, you have a party when you're eight and you have a party when you're 12 and you collect the money. Whereas this was a huge thing, even for me, and I and I was born in 1982. So I think, to answer your question, I think the, the, the UK audience will definitely have got those, you know, scathing sort of satirical bites at the church because it wasn't, unfortunately, those scandals affected everybody, every every country. And I love the time they did they did the skit on, on the Yervin Song Contest. That was so on the money. Oh, love it. And sure, look, I'm a big Eurovision fan as well. Um, you know, every kind of, isn't it April, May, I get geared up and uh, normally I would have a Eurovision party, but I couldn't this year because of uh, because of lockdown, obviously. Um, but it's it's an iconic thing. And again, you know, coming back to your early question, will it date? There are aspects, something like you know Eurovision. Again, the teenagers I teach, do they get how big Eurovision as an event was? Because it was one of those things where the family sat down together to watch it like the Rose of Tralee you know it was that was all that was on the telly and it was at an annual event every year and you picked your country's favourite and yeah. you voted for them you know it, it was just a kind of a really big thing but I mean My Lovely Horse as I said earlier is such a, again a complete anthem 
And if you can start singing it at the end of the night and, you know, invariably the whole pub or the whole, you know, party will join in with you and knows all the words, you know, and it's just um, the, the rivalry between Ted and Dougal. I think that's the pinnacle of the episode with their their sparkly lame jackets and their childishness beside of the stage they're giving each other the fingers and it's just it's a it's a really really good you know episode and i think it's one that's repeated quite often and and will stay very much in the in the psyche um as people are oh yeah father ted i remember that and and they will pick that episode as as a go-to uh when they're using when they're quoting if, um father ted for example because yeah, there's some shows like some of the catchphrases i i, I like a uh, like are you a racist father or down the sort of thing. Just things that stand out to me that make it what it is. Yeah, I mean, um, it's just it's it's strange. And 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 I I had a friend years ago, this is kind of going a little bit awkward, but I had a friend years ago who really, really tall, really, really skinny, and I mean like very skinny. He was like a, a champion cyclist. And I worked with him in a holiday resort in Majorca, and he would frequently walk around in the buff. Mm. No clothes on. Um, and he was, believe it or not, serving people in a pub and restaurant. Yeah. Um, they were on their holidays. This was utterly weird and sounds very strange, but he was completely inoffensive. Yeah. Like, there was nothing, no one took offence. Nobody complained. Nobody said this is inappropriate. And I think Father Ted, I don't know what magic quality the writers had, but they managed to create a series where it's the, the craggy island is a fictional place it's a fantasy island so you know something like are you racist now father it, you know it sounds strange to say but that episode are you right there father ted is it's one of the best episodes for me it's really really funny and i actually saw um, a guy from the states uh, a YouTuber who was reacting to that particular episode, never seen it before, no context for it, and he laughed his ass off watching yeah. it. And, you know, he was a black American and he was like, this stuff is funny. And they just, the writers, as I said, they just had this magic quality of, you know, making those jokes, making them satirical against the Catholic Church, but because everything on Craggy Island is so bizarre and so absurd it would be absurd to be offended by it. Does that make sense? Yeah, and also I love when it had the spider baby. Yeah, oh, stop, the spider baby. Uh, the body of the spider, but the mind of a baby. Yeah. You know? um, we often, I've seen, again, now these would be diehard Ted fans who would come uh, to the festival. You know, the, the costumes every year, the, the, the competition just gets bigger and better all the time. And the range of spider babies that we tend to get out on the island is phenomenal. From people, you know, wearing nappies and putting like black women tights, stuffing them full of tissue and all sorts of stuff. And then one guy one year actually made a robotic spider baby. So he had this like robotic tarantula. Yeah. <laughs> took the body or the head off it and put the head of a doll in the middle of it. So this thing was, you know, on a remote control and was walking around the island. I mean, you just, you can't, you can't account for how bonkers and dedicated Father Ted fans are. Yeah, I can imagine as well. Like when I remember looking back over the years, some of the episodes I had, like I look back at, at, uh, at the episode when they had uh, the old McLove, who's based on Daniel Donnell. Yes, and that to me was perfectly done because right now 
Daniel is, is bigger than everyone. I'm sitting there watching them. That was done perfectly well. Yeah, I mean, look, he's kitsch, but I've heard so many stories that he's actually one of the nicest Irish men ever. He's just, he's really good to his fans. He's really good to the people who work for him. Such a, such a lovely guy. And then to have Owen McLove sort of parody this uh, you know, twee Irish country singer who is so, so nice. And then, you know, Owen's behaviour when he comes to the house, he's sort of, you know, uh, brash and childish and he's taking things and stuffing them into a suitcase and saying, well, I'm having these and these are mine. And, you know, he's just, and he's, and he's played brilliantly as well. It's a really, really good cameo, you know? Yeah, I also, I love the character Fintan Stack played by the late, great Brendan Grace. That was perfect casting. Oh, uh, look at... Um, one of the things in terms of my methods for reviewing the episodes for Meanwhile in Ireland was I wanted to do it kind of methodically. Um, so what I would do is I'd watch the episodes plain. I'd take notes. I would read from the script. So um, the authors or the writers of Father Ted published the complete script. Yeah. In each of the um with each of the episodes, they've written a little forward and they've written a little piece. So the next step, so I'd watch the episode, I'd read the scripts and I'd watch the episode a second time, but with the director's commentary on. And one of the things that uh, Lennon and Matthews agreed on was that Brendan Grace's performance really drives that episode. Yeah. Um, it, they found it a difficult episode to write they weren't quite sure of where the plot was going, but he came in, he was originally supposed to be much more angry, I think. That yeah. was how they'd written him. You know, he was going to be shouting and aggressive all the time. But the fact that he played it in this really sort of sinister, sort of sneaky way, they believe, according to what they've written in the scripts, they believe he really made the episode. And sure, look, we know, um, you know, the late Brendan Grace has a had a stellar career in in um in comedy and, and performance and, and and it certainly it certainly showed in that episode for sure yeah because certain people that you see acting in that are, are basically acting against type like brendan grace you always see him as a nice character a person whenever he's, he's acted or when comedy you never seen him been someone since there as that and i kind of like the way to go other, other actors playing against type doing things they wouldn't normally do which is great yeah, uh, absolutely. And I mean, sure, look, all you have to think about is is Frank Kelly and how, you know, Frank Kelly has barely any dialogue in the, in all yeah. of the three series. And yet, you know, he is, his portrayal of Father Jack is absolutely iconic, you know, and a fabulously talented actor. But, you know, this was totally out of his sort of comfort zone in the beginning and then you know this, the legend has it that he really kind of by the third series really got into kind of playing that drunken lecherous priest and was you know delivering all his lines with such gusto um, but definitely you know there's, there's a load of cameos in it from from people um, you know certainly Irish actors and comedians and again not necessarily playing a role that they're comfortable doing but I think the direction and um, the casting from from the writers was just spot on every time. Because I remember, I remember Frank Kelly from an old show called Wandley Wagon, that show my age. Yes. And I see him doing that, and then also he did Frank Oz's Pretoria Weekly. And then see yeah. him doing this, I'm thinking, this is not a five Ted I know, and, and uh, but I get I get to see, this, that showed a talent that he was that he could do that. 
Yeah, and actually now that you mentioned Wanderley Wagon and uh, Halls Victoria, I, my grandfather, God rest his soul, I remember when Father Ted came out first. Um, and my my grandfather was very religious um, and was really anti-Father Ted. He thought it was very disrespectful to the Catholic Church. And one of his biggest bugbears actually was how he felt that the, um, the writers uh, and the writing was beneath Frank Kelly, who he was a big fan of. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting that you mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, because I can remember 83, he did a record, 12, 12 Days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I remember that very well. I'm thinking, this is, this, this is not the jacket that I, this is not Frank Kelly that I know, but it's good that he shows he's, he's a, same with other guys. Aren't they? Like, I remember the guy, uh, Redmond, who played uh, Father Stone. That was, Father Stone, yeah. yeah, that was a great, great episode too as well. Yeah, and again, another really, really strong performance. And again, like, similar to the Brendan Grace episode, not a whole lot goes on in Entertaining Father Stone. Um, you know, he's there, he comes to visit, but that's pretty much the premise of the show. But his presence, he makes those scenes so excruciatingly awkward yeah. for Ted and Dougal, you know, um, so for Ardell and, and, and for Dermot, that... It, it just, it worked, you know, he, the atmosphere was just charged with this intense awkwardness. And, you know, the, the audience at home felt that awkwardness too. So I think, uh, I think, yeah, cameos are, are a big part of, of Father Ted. And I also loved, uh, I love when Graham Norton was on the show. He was great. Ah, stop, sure. Look, a huge fan. I just think he's brilliant. I um, Noel Furlong for me is yeah. one of, if, if not the, but it's very hard because... As a critic, you know, when I was speaking to the guys on the team from Meanwhile in Ireland, one of the questions they asked me was, you know, you're writing for an audience who may not have seen Father Ted, but also lots of people who have. So you have to kind of strike that balance. And one of the questions they asked me in the interview was like, are you prepared to be impartial? Um, And it's very hard because, look, for me personally, I have two big favourite episodes. One is Hell, which I didn't rank top of the list and the other one is A Christmassy Tet but Hell for an old furlong and Graham Norton alone is worth you know a billion points yeah. he just he's so much energy and I was um, I was actually at a writer's evening um, with Graham and Arthur uh, and this was a long time ago I think it's 2008 um, and I was in the audience and I was just, people were listening to um, a bit like uh, Sister Sumter, where do you get your ideas for your sermons? Somebody asked, um, where do where did your ideas for your characters come from? And at that time, I can't remember which of the writers, but they revealed that the character of Noel Furlong was actually based on a real Catholic priest who was living in the Aran Islands. Yeah. And with this young priest, um, Similar to, I don't know if you've seen Dairy Girls, but the, the, young, the young hip priest who comes in and he's, you know, yeah. um, down with the young kids, kind of, you know, just trying to be cool. And I just was blown away because I actually know the guy who they're referring to because my husband is from the Aran Islands. And yeah. I'm thinking, oh my God, Graeme Norton is playing. I'm not going to reveal the guy's name, but I'm like, that is hilarious. And he does it so well. He's so much energy. And then to go on from Father Ted you know, to such dizzying heights of success with the BBC and everything. It's just, it's fantastic. I'm a huge Graham Norton fan. And also, I love the episode where they meet uh, 
They meet, they meet the guy who uh, from One Foot in the Grave. Ah, oh, yes, Doc Victor Melville, sure, yeah. he's great. I mean, you'll remember One Foot in the Grave, and I remember it. Yeah. We'll say, days, any new fans to Father Ted or any young people might not necessarily remember the show that well. Yeah. But again, a comedy legend, and what a coup for the writers to get him and yeah. to get him to play himself and to do the catchphrase. I don't believe it. Yeah. Really, really funny, you know, and I'm sure, I'm certain would have been very enjoyable for the likes of Dermot and Ardell uh, to, to spend time with them and to, to, I suppose, to introduce Victor Meldrew to the, the craggy island madness. And we can also not talk about, we can't forget also Father Damo, another great iconic character as well. Oh, stop, sure. He's hugely popular among Father Ted fans. Um, Father Damo, he's just, again, there's so many things about Father Ted that are, that are iconic. And Joe Rooney, and Joe Rooney gets it. I've met Joe, Joe Rooney a couple of times through my work with the festival. And he's such a gentleman. Um, and he really, you know, sometimes I guess it's probably intense the level of fandom, you know, with people going, oh, can you pose for a photograph or can you say the line? And, you know, there are some maybe actors and actresses, and I'm not just referring to Father Ted, but who, you know, might have played an iconic role, but they're kind of sick of hearing, oh, do I have to do this again? Or, or like, you know, a, a, yeah. a band who have a fabulous number one hit and they're sick of playing the song or whatever. Joe just gets it. And Joe is so always willing to put an arm around somebody, take the photograph, you know, ask them, is it Oasis or Blur? And they love it. They absolutely love it and they relish him. And I have seen him a couple of times do stand-up as well in the Roisin Dove in Galway. And I think, I don't know if it's this week or if it's happened already, he was playing in the Galway uh, Summer Garden. Yeah. Uh, down here in, in around South Hill. And I thought, you know what, I should go and see him because he, he is, he's really good stand-up as well. But, uh, but I think, rightly so, he has embraced Father Damo as his most, you know, enduring, iconic performance. It's, uh, and, and he's brilliant at it. He's just so, so good. Yeah, and every year in Dublin and Laugh Lounge, they do a Father Ted Festival. But they have some comedians who are on the show, like Joe Rooney, to go on on stage and, and just do comedy. And it's great to see you do his Fardema and then you get Old McLove as well. Come on and all that. And it's brilliant seeing that. Yeah, it's, I didn't realise they did a, a festival up in the Laughter Lounge. I'll have to catch that the next time we're out of lockdown and yeah. uh, the pandemic is over. Um, yeah, no, it's brilliant. And, and I think, again, from doing the reviews, like I said, when I was talking to the crew from Meanwhile in Ireland, I wanted to be, and I'm kind of like this anyway, I wanted to be methodical about how I uh, watched and made note of um, the episodes. And I wanted very much to make sure that um, I had cast a critical eye over it. So I was reading the scripts and it's very much part of the ethos of the writers that they brought new Irish talent to the casting. They brought um, lots and lots of Irish actors and very importantly, young Irish comedians. I mean, Jason Byrne is in there, Tommy Tiernan's in there. Joe Rooney's in there, Patrick McDonald's in there, Michael Redmond's in there. You know, there's so, so many names. Yeah. Um, and they only play tiny bit parts, but each of those parts is memorable. And perhaps, and I don't know, you'd have to speak to the individuals, perhaps, you know, gave them a platform from which to launch a very successful comedy career in Ireland, you know. Gillespie and comedians in Ireland say, the word in front of Ted hadn't made it. 
that's it yeah I did I hadn't heard that but yeah I mean there are so many of them yeah and and, uh, you mentioned earlier a list of your episodes which 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 you ranked highly for the website which website which uh, episodes were ranked the best so yeah look this is really hard and um you know, Meanwhile in Ireland have published it um, as kind of like a shortened guide and then you can download the link to um, a really beautifully designed uh, PDF and just put in your email and it's free for everybody. Um, but the way it's built is kind of like Father Ted episodes from best to worst, right? Yeah. Now, my hands up, I am a psycho Father Ted fan. So there, for me, there is no worst episode. So this was not an easy task because I had to be critical of things that I absolutely love uh, so it wasn't an easy task but what we what we did as a team I suppose we came together and we developed a sort of like a criteria for scoring so under three criterion um, there was plot line the second one was laugh-o-meter so how funny is the episode and then the third one uh, was one-liners and along with that then I would watch it and I would analyze it so again it wasn't an easy job and I and I would have preferred to you know from best to least best or but you have to remember meanwhile in Ireland asked me to write for a, gen, a general audience so people who may never have seen the episodes and there a lot of their audience would be diaspora as well so people maybe living in the states or Canada that mightn't have seen it you know so very very hard task to do but um I promised to be objective uh, okay. and that I was and um, and so uh, against my own personal feelings, um, Speed 3 with the milk float came out on top. Great episode. It's Yeah, and, and, and it was only in the watching of it, however many times I've seen it, I, this could have been my 101st time watching it. It was only in that episode, that in that watching of it with the critical eye that I realised just how tight the writing is, yeah. just how funny it is just how iconic all the bits are, the performances, the acting, you know, uh, you know even the, 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 the priest coming over from Barren Island, Father Beeching and the Blackboard. And is there anything to be said for saying another mass? I mean, how many times have you seen that printed on flags with yeah. rugby teams going around the world, you know, or, you know, it, with for Euro 2020, all these things. It's just so iconic. So again, it's not a personal preference. I did it very deliberately with a critical eye at the behest of the team for Meanwhile in Ireland that I would be able to be objective and say, look, at this one is the best. So Speed 3 came out on top. And then at the very end, I had Going to America, which is the very last episode in of the third series and and, and the very last episode of the series entire. Yeah. Um, and again, if you're objective about it and you sit and you watch it with a critical eye, look, at I love every second of Father Ted. Don't get me wrong, but you have to watch it with a critical eye and acknowledge the plot doesn't really go anywhere. Um, in going to America, somebody comes and offers Ted a job, and that's that's the premise of the episode. Plot isn't hugely important to you know sitcoms, but I, we had to we had to start somewhere in order to evaluate the list, and and that's where it starts. So for anyone who's listening who's a big fan and thinks I've got it totally wrong, please know that very particular consideration went into these and the Meanwhile in Ireland team are huge Father Ted fans themselves so it's not like we're saying you know 
the last one, oh, that's the worst episode and it's actually bad. We're saying none of them are bad, but we wanted to, I suppose, give a definitive guide for people who maybe had never seen the show before. Yeah, and also when it comes to catchphrases, the one I love the most is the money was resting on my account. Oh, stop. Yeah, and used all of the time. I mean, how many times have you seen some sort of a scandal in the news where politicians or solicitors or property developers are involved in, you know, some dodgy financial scenario with NAMA or, and every single time, at least one journalist will publish an article with the money was just resting in my account. Again, it's like, are you right there, Ted? It's all the time wheeled out and every time there's a unfortunately if there's a scandal with a charity or something it's like, oh yeah the money was just resting in my account you know yeah um, i think in, i think in ireland if ever whenever you have a scandal there's always going to be a far ted moment oh well one of the things i mean so i i told you i had to um you know that meanwhile an ireland team took the recruiting really seriously and one of the things i had to do was say why i thought i was uniquely qualified and one of the things that I would say is my, uh, some people would just say it's weird, but I think it's one of my best skills is I can literally find a Father Ted moment or a quote for anything that happens in life. Now I'm talking about at a wedding, at a funeral, on somebody's deathbed, there is a Father Ted moment or quote that can be used in every walk of life. And I would challenge somebody to challenge me to find to say, okay, well, this happened. Can you think of a TED reference? I would certainly be able to find it. Yeah, because I'm looking at it and right now, when I'm watching certain episodes, or right now looking at a scandal, I always seemed like when I told you a while ago about me being at the Day Circuit Conference, and there was yes. a, there was this uh, objection officer uh, of all of Ireland in Europe was above a centre. That's to me said, that's so far to TED, because you could see that being in the far TED episode easily enough. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, like in all the scenes as well with the filming um, around Ireland, uh, there's loads of places that you can visit. Um, and, you know, Craggy Island and John and Mary's shop, for yeah. example, could be in any small rural town in Ireland. You know, that, that shop that you go into, that is a funeral home, a pub, uh, they sell school uniforms, fishing rods and fire lighters. You know, th- that kind of haberdashery style shop is all over Ireland in any small town. And, you know, Father Ted just, as you said earlier, said, you know, it's so Father Ted and it's so Ireland. And that's the thing. I think it it is uh, emblematic of an entire country. Yeah. And I, I always think, because my, my, my parents grew up in, in, in uh, Monaghan and my mum grew up in a small little place near Inishkeen and the local pub was also at local shop. So I yeah. can see that exactly. I'm thinking, and then her local politician at the time well, when she when she was well, uh, in the area was actually uh, Arden Hanlon's father was a local TD. Right. Okay. So, uh, did you, Arden Hanlon's father was a TD. Yeah. Yeah, I think I had heard that somewhere, and then he went on to play a TD in uh, or a local politician anyway in yeah. a, in a series written by Graham Menon, didn't he? Yeah. That's I can remember all that. I'm thinking this is this is this is around my my uncle, my uncle. I actually really liked Art Allen's father. Thought it was thought it was a great guy. He said, "I'm a Fianna Fáil man, and he's a great guy for us and everything else." Yeah. Oh, let's not get into politics. No, <laughs> I don't think we should. But I just think overall in the show, when I'm looking back over the years, I keep thinking every time I'm seeing it, 
I, I, I'm keep seeing it on WhatsApp. So I'm keep seeing new things I didn't see before. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and sometimes I never get tired of it, but there are periods where I go a couple of months without watching it. But then one of my favorite hangover cures is watching an episode of Father Ted because, um, you know, people who are familiar with the concept of the fear, you know, not necessarily that you've done something bad the night before, but just this general anxiety you feel when you're hungover. You know, people, oh, you know, you should have Lucas Aid, you should have jelly tots, you should have a bag of chips or yeah. a potato sandwich or whatever. For me, lie on the couch, a big cup of tea, preferably, you know, uh, not as milky as the ones she provided for Pat Mustard, yeah. um, but a big cup of tea and a, and a good laugh with Father Ted because, as you say, there's always new things. And I spotted this in particular as because I took, you know, meanwhile in Ireland were kind enough to give me the role. So I took the job really seriously and I just saw so many things this watching it this time around that literally made me laugh out loud. Yeah, I love the episode as well when they had Henry, Henry Sellers and suddenly he became an alcoholic again. Oh, stop. I made the BBC. Yeah. yeah he's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And again, another one that you'll hear, you know, roared out at Father Ted style parties and hen parties. Uh, it's just, it, he's just so memorable and, and, and absolutely brilliant. And John Kenny is in that episode as well. Another yeah. brilliant uh, Irish comedian um, who I read in the, in the scripts that uh, if you, when he's off stage, Fred Rickwood, he doesn't actually have any dialogue yeah. uh, written into the script. So he just, what you're seeing is ad lib the whole time. And kind of that similar to the Dunbelievables kind of, you know, um, gruff farmer type. And he's he's just brilliant. So there was nothing actually written for him. He just ad libbed in those scenes. I'm sure he makes them. Yeah. When you, you see a lot of that when you're looking back over, over the series, a lot of episodes that they wouldn't be the same if certain people weren't casting the roles. Um, yeah, but I, I think you're you're absolutely right to hit the nail on the head. But I think that applies to uh, sitcoms, series, movies alike, um, any you know any screen productions. The casting directors have such an important job in getting it right. Um, and one of the questions I suppose, meanwhile in Ireland, asked me, you know, could I compare any other series? I've said Faulty Towers already. I've said Friends already. Um, it's the it's it's a, it's magic of a couple of things. The magic of the writing is really really important, but the magic of the casting combined with the writing yeah. is what creates the classic. So you know, Faulty Towers, the writing, absolutely amazing. But can you imagine it without John Cleese? Yeah. Like, you know, you you can get everything right to a point and then fall flat in your face because you don't cast the right person. Um, and I think they've said on numerous occasions, you know, that they were absolutely picked the right person and Dermot Morgan absolutely picked the right person and Ardell O'Hanlon and Frank Kelly and Pauline uh, McGlynn. Like that, it's, it's the chemistry between the cast members combined with really good writing yeah but also you know it, it with something like father ted you have to hand it to the design the designers and i'm sure in the first series they probably had very little budget but they went for that sort of you know I, what's the best word to describe it sort of like a, a meager miserable you know oldy worldy irish look in the parochial house with you know 1960s green brash carpets and yeah. it really worked 
because you know if you didn't have the parochial house if you didn't have you know the the grungy dingy sitting room with the pictures of the sacred heart and you know the wallpaper peeling off the walls again would it have been a different series so it's it's all of these little pieces of the puzzle come together to make this amazing you know series and I think you could say the same for Faulty Towers you could say the same for Friends would Friends have been the same without Jennifer Aniston or Courtney Cox not likely or Matt LeBlanc you know that kind of it's it's all about getting the chemistry going I think and there's those things like I remember when they had the priest that you saw ring up at the wrong moment and it'd be skiing or it'd be something else but he'd be he'd better be shot with somebody and suddenly his phone rings Oh, Larry Duff, yeah. Yeah, Larry Duff. Funny you should mention him because I, I text my family to tell them when I was doing this podcast, like, do not ring me between this hour and this hour. Uh, and my brother is actually flat out ringing me. And I just thought, he's he's kind of like Ted ringing Larry Duff, you yeah. know. Um, and one of the things that uh, is, is hard to do when we're preparing the festival each year is to come up with quiz questions that will challenge the audience, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I came up with one actually this year, um, which was, I was watching the episodes. What is the reason that Ted rings Larry each time? So, for example, um, you know, when he's writing the song, I think he rings him for inspiration for the song. When they're on holidays in the caravan, they're bored and they're looking for something to do. So Ted rings, oh, I know, I'll give Larry Duff a call. So for each time he rings, oh, and the rabbits as well. So, you know, how are we going to get rid of the rabbits? I know, we'll give Larry Duff a call. And, you know, he's taken on 12 Rottweilers instead, so he can't uh, he can't take the rabbits. But there's always a reason um, that Ted rings there. And I thought, you know what, that's a really good quiz question. We need to get people to list at least four reasons why Ted picks up the phone and calls us mate Larry Duff. Yeah. And also I'm thinking of the Karen Apton. Whenever I hear the song Come By Am Lord, I keep thinking of No Furlong. Yes. I mean, I you know, you, you said to me that you work, I'd say we're of a similar age group um, and I work, I've worked in Catholic schools and Catholic secondary schools. We went on retreat every year Every year, even if the retreat meant um, that they brought a man with a guitar into the PE hall and we sang Kumbaya. Yeah. That we would sit around in a circle and sing Kumbaya or sing uh, some sort of religious songs. And that's, and I think I mentioned to you before, that's exactly what the priest, who he was really based on, was like. He was this, you know, leader of the St. Luke's youth group who was trying to get, you know, young people enthused about the Catholic Church and religion. And it's just, yeah, you can't but think of those childhood memories where you were all wheeled in or brought down to Glen Delock or, you know, Glen Stahl Abbey and, you know, everybody sat around and talked about their feelings and uh, engaged with some sort of a painting or a Bible verse and things like that. And I mean, that's all. To me, you know, it's just so reminiscent of childhood, you know. Yeah, and also I'm thinking that as well, when you're thinking about that, there's certain things that, in a way, a bit like Derry Girls, when, you, when you've got the training priest and the nun, I guarantee you, everyone knows somebody who was taught by, or knew that priest or nun like that. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, sadly, um, as I said, I work predominantly in Catholic schools, and it is, it, it is dying out, and it is an Irish tradition that the younger generation probably won't see. And the, the church, as educators, had absolutely so much to offer, and did provide such a brilliant education. Um, but. Those scenes in Derry Girls, and I think, you know, we're talking about um, 
sitcoms that have that chemistry with casting and things like that. Dairy Girls is another one of them that has it. You know, Sister Michael is just, I think it's Sister Michael is her name. She's just hilarious. Yeah. And ev- every time I watch it, I'm thinking, I went to an all girls secondary school and it was a convent school. And the reason that I went was because my mother insisted uh, that the nuns would put a polish on me, which I never understood what she meant until I became a woman in my 30s and I was teaching girls of a similar age and they're giving out about their school that they're in. And I'm like, really, you're so lucky to be here. This school has such a great reputation and you will have a great reputation when you leave. The nuns will put a polish on you and they're looking at me going, what is this weirdo on? You know, like, yeah. you know so, you know, I hope in time we don't lose that as part of our our Irish heritage and our Catholic heritage that, you know, there is there was something special about, you know, going to that um, Christian Brothers or the, 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 the Catholic school where there were these, I suppose, um, traditions and, yeah. uh, cult, you know, cultural bits that, that, sort of shape our psyche and our population growing up because I mean a lot of people have fallen away I guess um from organized religion but they would still carry a certain Christianity with them in their heart I suppose I don't mean to get all theological yeah. on you, but um I, I hope you understand what I mean by that yeah when I was younger I spent time living in Egypt and I went to a school in Cairo that was taught by nuns and wow. there was praise, there was nonsense that reminded me of Sister Michael. And I can remember uh, the following year, I went to a different school when I was in Cairo. And uh, I used to go to the, to the nuns once a week uh, to go to, because I had a church there to go to Mass. And I remember I was telling them, oh, I'm going back to Ireland, I'm going back to senior school. And I was telling them that I'm going to drag going because I don't like Shakespeare. Shakespeare is very, very boring. And there's no one telling me, it's going to expand your mind, the best thing in the world. And the yeah. first, and when I went back to school, the teacher I had in my class, my uh, English teacher, was also an actress and loved Shakespeare. Wow. And she ended up actually, years later, didn't much, that teacher ended up going around the UK and Ireland doing a tour of Dancing of, uh, Dancing of, of Lunasa. So I'm thinking, and because of her, I got love of, of, of Shakespeare and the nuns were telling me you're going to love it. So yeah. I think back positive things about him. Yeah, I mean, there is so, there's so much that it's very easy to overlook, you know, and say, oh, well, all schools should be non-religious and things like that. I obviously, you know, have a vested interest, um, but I, I think there is a lot to be gained from a certain spirituality as part of your education to yeah. expand the mind of, of the younger person. It doesn't have to be all Catholic. It's, you know, a multi-denominational, but just that the, there's a sense of a, a purpose and a higher power because other than that what are you doing are you, are you, is it a vocation are you training them to be you know just to leave school and get a job and do that you know there's there's so much more to life and I think Shakespeare as you said broadens your mind broadens your horizon so why not explore uh, different religions different faiths different cultures yeah you know? and, and my school in Ireland in Ireland uh, we had our RE because my school was non-denominational we were taught about all religions so we weren't just focused on Catholicism or Protestantism or anything else. We thought about all kinds. So we knew basically roughly what the deities were for each religion and how they practiced what they preached, which was nice. Yeah, yeah exactly. And anyway, you know, you, you wouldn't want to go to a Protestant school because those Protestants are up to no good as usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the one I think is not used also in the uh, year, year version episode. Absolutely. Um, which episode? 
Oh God, you've caught me on the yeah. top now. I'm thinking uh, you I could be wrong. I'm not sure, but anyway, that was a. But those kind of phrases, whenever you're out somewhere, you can always think of far Ted phrase and 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 rattle it off. Fits in with the moment you're in. Yeah, and I mean it's it, it's amazing to think that uh, much of Rather Ted was written prior to the Good Friday Agreement. Yeah. And to try and explain again to young people. I sound like such an owl, but to explain to young people, and particularly Dairy Girls has highlighted this too, um, how pre-1998, to come out with a phrase like, those Protestants are up to no good as usual, um, is a much more, or was a much more loaded term then, yeah. than it is now. I mean, I have many friends I've met through Father Ted, whether it's through Meanwhile in Ireland, or whether it's through the Ted Fest on the Iron Islands, they come from everywhere. They come from Germany, they come from Australia. Yeah. Uh, lots of them come from Northern Ireland and some of them who are involved in the organising of it are Protestants. And the crack we do have, slagging them off saying, those Protestants are up to no good as usual. And in fact, one of them, there's a couple of guys who come down and they have the best of priests gear. So you would think they were real priests. They came this year as an ecumenical conference. Yeah. So they had, they had made their own badges um, with each of the different uh, Christian denominations. So, you know, one was Anglican, the other was Methodist, yeah. the other was Presbyterian. You know, and the and I'd be, as soon as they walked in the door, you know, oh, look at you there, those Protestants up to no good as usual. And just, you know, you can't underestimate how powerful Ted was in improving North-South relations. You know, like the, the ability to laugh at ourselves is so important. And I think Ted gave the island of Ireland that permission to laugh at the Catholic Church, permission to let go of, of the authority that yeah. they had on us. Um, and, and really kind of, in a way, I know it sounds a bit cliche or a bit, bit cheesy, but I think very much so um, North and South of Ireland are huge fans of Ted alike. And, and, and certainly, I mean, I'm not saying it brought about the Good Friday Agreement or anything like it, but certainly... Um, things were a lot different in the mid-90s than they are now. Yeah, because like when someone says that phrase, I'm thinking the same episode, you're going to see the Catholic Church totally ridiculed as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole premise is, you know, um, three priests living on an island, they're Catholic priests, and, you know, how many times do they get the piss taken out of them and, and all sorts of Catholic paraphernalia, you know, look at the three bishops upgrading the holy stone and all those kind of mad surreal scenarios that are for many years were part of um catholic theology you know the the idea of venerating relics and you know um nominating saints and all this kind of stuff that that is is often beyond the the imagination of us mere mortals and we're just supposed to accept it and um, so the catholic church got a right going over by certainly by the writers but I think in a light enough way for it not to be grossly offensive. Um, mm. Like I said, my, my granddad at the time was very offended. Yeah. Um, but he was of a very different generation, you know, a really, really different generation. Yeah. Um, and I think Ireland was ready at the time in the mid-90s with all the scandals and the reports coming out um, to to poke fun a little bit at something that we had taken so seriously for such a long time. Yeah, I can see now all over Ireland, whenever there's a local parish meeting, I can see the priest going, that will be a ecumenical matter. Yeah. I, believe it or not, as part of my undergraduate degree, uh, 
I was sent to an ecumenical conference uh, in the Amos Retreat Centre in Swords. Yeah. And I met, I think it was Cardinal Sean Brady at the time I had lunch with him. Um, and all of this would have been coinciding with my initial uh, involvement in, in the Father Ted Festival. And it's such a, it's kind of a mad paradox, I suppose, that I am almost, uh, and I am, you know, one of let's say the the world's biggest father ted fans and on the other side of that you know i've a degree in theology and i very much have kind yeah. of um yeah a, a solid faith and spirituality yeah because i look back and i think that that's only someday every day you can say the phrase and it doesn't age you say same person in my account they both don't age no absolutely not there'll always be thieves there'll always be fraudsters and so i think the words, uh, the words of Father Ted Dermot Morgan. That money was just resting in my account. Will yeah. live on, and and it's great because um, it is a, a legacy uh, along with all of his other uh, amazing work before that with Father Trendy and everything that will um, that will stand the test of time. Yeah, whenever you want to swear, you know, say fuck off. Yeah. Well, it's it's a it's a better way um, to express your discontent, especially if you have children in the house. Yeah. And I suppose a lot of the uh, a lot of the original Father Ted fans would be uh, would certainly have little ones in the house now. Yeah, because I can imagine we're looking back now. It is show that basically you can watch it with your family, and in certain certain some of the jokes you get, your your kids won't get. Like Simpsons, there's jokes in there for adults and kids. Yeah, uh, there, there absolutely is. And I have a nephew who is turning, he'll be 21 next February. Um, and I remember when he was little, there was two things he'd watch. Um, and I hope he listens to this because he'd be mortified. He would watch Westlife videos to go sleep. Yeah. Um, and I would put on episodes of Father Ted for him because I, I was minding him a couple of days a week. Yeah. Um, so at a very young age, he was introduced to the world of Ted. And like, the, as you say, The Simpsons, there are, there is the slapstick elements, you know, with Dougal throwing a glass of water over Ted's face, you know, for the kids to enjoy. And then there are bits that, you know, they really wouldn't get because they're nuanced or they're satire and they're just, you know, their minds aren't fully developed for that yet. Um, and you have to take, you have to be careful with that balance as to, there are certain episodes which are a bit more risque than others. For example, Speed 3, which is the, t- the top of the pile for me in Ireland. Yeah. Um, you know, a bit more risque, so maybe pick and choose your episodes if you're going to introduce your young'uns to the, the legend that is Father Ted. And also I'm thinking, if everyone wants to do Father Ted Mem, the one for me is near and far. Oh yeah, really good. Um, and again, that's, I mentioned to you before, Hell is one of my favourite episodes. There's so many one-liners that are iconic from that episode and small, far away and and one that you would expect is is so obscure that you know unless you've seen the series you wouldn't get it. But I actually think it's so sort of prolific now and it's out there and so many people use it all the time that I think even people who haven't seen the series get the joke. This yeah. one is small, but those ones out there are yeah. far away. That's true, and 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 also another another phrase you're going to hear a lot is "go on, go on, go on, go on, go on." Ah, you sure? I mean. She is the quintessential Irish mammy, really. Yeah. Like the, the the dynamic in the house is really that Ted is the dad, she's the mom, Dougal's the little boy, and um, Father Jack is 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 the granddad. And I mean, 
it, it's so much a part of Irish culture. And even the row that she has with Mrs. Deneen over paying the bill. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know which of you has gone out with relatives or friends for lunch, for dinner, whatever it is. And it's like, ah, no, no, I get that now. No, no, I get, no, I know, seriously, I get that now. And you're racing up to the till to pay the bill or you're pretending to go to the toilet. You're hiding your wallet in your bag and yeah. running away to try and get one up on your friend or your family member to pay the bill. Um, and it's the same with the ah, go on, go on. I mean, people in our, especially tea as well, I'm always really suspicious of people who don't drink tea. Like, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? You come into my house and I'll say, will you have a cup of tea? Ah, oh, no, I don't drink tea like the guy who's allergic to tea and Father Ted, like, but what, what's yeah. like, why don't you drink tea? I mean, in the 80s, and you probably remember this, people used to put tea in babies' bottles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And I can remember, like, when you're looking at, 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 at Mrs. Doyle, always preparing lots of food, that's like an Irish mammy. Like, if we go to my parents' house uh, uh, for lunch or, or there, it's like a feast. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean... Uh, I'm I'm privy to it kind of myself as I get older. I'm I'm turning into my mother. Um, I look I happen to look like her as well, so it's very disconcerting for my husband. Um, but at the moment, because we live in the West and everybody is staycationing, um, everyone's coming to to see me, yeah. and it's great. I love hosting people. I love love having uh, family over. But like each time they might arrive on a on a Friday, on the Thursday, I'm ordering grocery shopping, yeah. and the friends. Like, I mean, packed full of stuff, like ridiculously stuffed. They might be here for three, four days. I make sure there's a fry on every morning for them. Yeah. Um, it's a great B&B. Um, a fry on every morning. What do you have for lunch? You'll have soup and sandwich. We'll have soup and sandwich. Go on, go on, go on. You will have soup and sandwich. The dinner is made. You know, if there's a takeaway in, great. But then out come the sweets and the Pringles and the chocolate. There's just constant eating and making sure people are fed and I think everybody had a granny at some stage who was like that that you couldn't go to their house on a Sunday but they were stuffing you full of food yeah you know I've I've had that as well and it's family trait and, and that's what I love, I love about about Far Ted it reminds me back of child of nice childhoods yeah I think there, there's something you know you mentioned earlier that it's it's enduring and it will last forever but there's also this lovely nostalgic quality about um, Father Ted and I think you're right in, in saying that Mrs Doyle probably plays a big part in that she reminds everybody of their mammy or their granny who was pushing the cups of tea and the ham sandwiches on them um, you know and, and even Ted going off Dougal going off for his first day on the milk float and, and, and Ted puts the scarf around him and you know wipes his face and tells him to be careful and, you know there's a lot of your first day at school in that. And yeah. so there is this, this wonderful element um, of nostalgia and more and more, I suppose, as we, uh, as, as society changes, I guess, there are those parts of, of looking back, like you mentioned, the Kumbaya, the, the Catholic retreats and all that, yeah. that may unfortunately be forgotten. Um, and and we can look back at Father Ted and go, yeah, that, that that's what we used to be like. It's a sort of a an almost like a, a historical document of yeah, that that that, that was Irish culture. You know, it's sometimes uh, sometimes absurd and sometimes ridiculous, but always a sort of underlying hospitality and a caring um, nature. You know. Yeah, for me, before we finish off, Father Ted to me was a show that ended at the right time. We didn't stay a stay to welcome. It wasn't too long. No, um, and 
there's always this speculation about oh uh would there have been another series had dermot morgan sadly not passed away who could play ted if we did another series then there's talk of oh they're going to make a version in america like to me if you have ever seen an interview with the writers or read an article that they've published it was meant to end after three series it was never they were never going to make another series it so happened unfortunately that Dermot passed away very shortly after the last scenes were filmed um, and I think enduring series like if you look at Faulty Towers there are there are even far fewer episodes of Faulty Towers than there are of yeah. Father Ted if something is done well and it's done brilliantly there is no need to revisit all the time um, like I'm a huge Rocky fan right massive and they keep, you know, pushing out the Rocky movies. And I love them and I'll always go and see them. But for me, the quintessential Rockies kind of after Rocky Three, it gets a little bit rocky in inverted commas, you yeah. know. Um the quality will remain with us because it's was so well written. The cast were amazing. You can't revisit that. It was always due to end at that time. And rightly so. And they, I think they just, they got it quite right. I mean, you look at things like, remember back in the 2000s, there was the Sex and the City series, which was hugely popular. And they cashed in on, you know, oh, let's make a movie. And then they made a second movie and they were just dire, you know? Yeah. So if something is good, leave it alone. It doesn't necessarily need a sequel. Yeah, to me, it's like The Office in the UK. That ended yeah. up free, so that ended very well with Christmas Spectral and it was all over and done. And I love the way they did that as well. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned The Office. I don't know if you've seen the the new Ricky Gervais. It's on Netflix. It's Afterlife. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, really good. I'd recommend it. But I personally feel, and I'm sure a lot of others do, he, he should have ended it after the first series. He made a second series because it was so popular and, and streamed a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think it lost some of its its gloss because of the second series. Yeah. Um, so I think definitely Father Ted was one. It's, it's like something... I saw an article today, they're, uh, they're taking down the whale from the roof of the dead zoo. It's been there for like hundreds of years because they need to restore it. You know, everything in the museum in there is in glass jars and it's protected. I think Father Ted is something that you can put on your bookshelf, in your box set, take it down whenever you want, but it's there. Protect it and love it for what it is and don't, you know, be greedy and, and, and request more when you'll probably be disappointed with what comes after yeah, in a way, it's like Blackadder. There's only so many made and they, and they age very well. Yeah, and again, Blackadder, I think, is another one. There are, but the premise of Blackadder allowed for, you know, it was if each of them were historical eras. Yeah. So there was the wartime era, the Elizabethan era. So I think that allowed for a bit more scope and a bit more creativity. Um, and I think there are, um, I, I'm not hugely familiar with it, but I know I've spoken to people who love Blackadder, but are, are capable of being critical and of an objective and of saying you know that this particular series wasn't as good as another series but that you know lent itself i think the format of the series lent itself to uh revisits and things like that but ted is ted is where he should be and he's out on craggy island forever and ever and ever and ever and uh you know he's there for us to enjoy whenever we want uh, a good laugh and or if we have a hangover like I said um, and we will visit all of the quotes and the crack um, every time you know so and, and things like I'll always stop when I'm on 
scrolling aimlessly on Facebook, I'll stop at something, you know, meanwhile in Ireland has posted about Father Ted or the parochial house or sites in Ireland you can visit. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? This holds my interest, you know, and, and I think Father Ted will hold people's interest yeah. for a long time to come. Yeah, one of my colleagues, Simon, three years ago, four years ago, he moved from, uh, from uh, Dublin out to a place called Cape Fear of Cork. And when I'm asked people, what's Simon doing now? Or, or he's in Craggy Island. Because it's kind of like that. Cape Fear. Cape Clear. Oh, Cape Clear. I yeah. was thinking, whoa. Was that not the name of a movie? Yeah, come yeah come I mean, my, my husband is from the Aran Islands. Um, and I all I love going out on the boat. And you can't bring your car. You have to leave it in the ferry port. Yeah. So when you go out there, there is a certain magic to feeling like you're really on craggy island. And island life is very much... Um, you know, they've got broadband out there and everything is great, but it, it there's a slower pace of life and you really feel like you've arrived on Craggy Island when you step off off the boat. So uh, I do I do love to visit the islands off, off Ireland. Yeah, well, uh, Louise, that's, thanks for a great conversation. It was very enlightening and very interesting to hear all your in-depth knowledge in Father Ted. Oh, no problem at all. I'm, I, would, uh, I would welcome thoughts from people. And I'm certain, like I said, I don't, I don't profess to be the world's number one expert but I um meanwhile in Ireland did take the recruitment for the dream job thing really seriously and I'm I'm certainly glad that they picked me I had a great time doing it I learned so much um and now together we've produced this brilliant guide that I'll have forever and you can download from the meanwhile in Ireland page which is fantastic right thanks very much for that and have a great day thank you Thanks, bye. Bye. bye